You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. I know that many of you remember that we did, a, we did this series or a series, uh, basically did this series several, I guess, or a couple years ago, two, three years ago, however long it's been. And I'm not teaching it again because I ran out of stuff to teach. Um, I'm teaching it again because we have uh, so many new people. And then I look around and with COVID, obviously, uh, we don't have all the same ones coming to Sunday school. However, it's a blessing, though, because uh, people are watching online. And I'm getting a lot of comments. People are following it. People are watching right now, not only here, but I'll get comments from uh, several other states that are following the Sunday school series and getting a lot of help. Uh, and not, not only that, but also this isn't just me rehashing that one from a couple years ago. This is kind of a 2.0 uh, because I've d- dug a little deeper, gone a little wider in general. And so it is a thing, it's a, it's a study that's helped me and continues to help me. And um, so I just thought it would help other people, all right? So that's why we're doing it. And today we're going to start talking about the, the 12 blends of temperament. You could uh, argue that there's more, but I'll tell you, as we go through the temperaments, uh, as we went through the, fa- the four main uh, temperaments, the sanguine, choleric, melancholy, and phlegmatic, uh, you know, as you listen to those, it's, it's kind of like you can identify with them in a lot of ways, uh, but there would be cer- certain areas where you're like, no, I'm not like that at all. Uh, and there would be someone else that was like that. And the reason why is because no one is really just exclusively one uh, temperament. Uh, everyone has some kind of blend of temperaments. Um, we all have a predominant, more predominant temperament. We all have an, uh, you know, I was going to say we all have an a, a, a extroverted introverted, but that's not true because we're going to start looking at a kind of a double extrovert uh, in just a moment. Uh, some people may have one dominant and two pretty similar um, secondary. So, and that can The more you study it, the more you read it, the more you do little tests on it and everything, the more it can help you identify um, your strengths and weaknesses. And again, remember, why are you the way that you are? Where the whole point of this study is God made you the way that you are and that your temperament, the way that you are, in many cases, is hardwired. And when I say it's hardwired, I don't mean that to say that God can't change it, but it does mean that you are a certain temperament. You are extroverted. You are detail-oriented, you are uh, laid back, you are whatever the case may be, um, but it's not, this is not just a diagnostic to say, okay, this is why you are the way that you are, but it's also uh, how God can use the way that you are, and in what, when empowered with the Holy Spirit of God, how these strengths can be used for the glory and honor of God. So, uh, without any real further delay, and by the way, this can help identify uh, and it be, be even more helpful in that. Um, through this study, the way we're going to approach these blends, and we're just going to do 12, and there's more ways that you could blend it, but we're just going to do 12, and we're not doing 12 lessons on these. We're going to uh, knock out several probably in a lesson, but uh, there's varying degrees of blends. So in other words, it was funny, uh, I, I think of uh, one lady that took the uh, temperament test, and not that they're 100% accurate, but it can help give you an idea if you go online and take the four temperament test. Uh, you can Google that or um, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, I've been using a, a different search engine uh, here lately. 
trying it out, uh, duck, uh, duck, duck, go. I don't know uh, what, what, what Richard's opinion is of that, but one of the, one of the good things about it is, is that uh, when you go on websites and stuff, you go on there un anonymously. You know, to where Google tracks every last thing you do. Uh, you know, I mean, they're like super creepily up in your business, and if that don't bother you, that's fine. Uh, but if you value a little bit of privacy, supposedly this is a good way to go. But if you duck, duck, go it, or just do an internet search on the four temperament test, you should be able to find it and uh, get uh, kind of um, uh, an idea. But I think of people who tested out, and I've never seen anybody quite like uh, this particular lady uh, that tested out. I mean, I can't remember how, how strong melancholy her temperament was, but it was so strong. It's one of the more dominant I've seen as far as somebody taking a test. Uh, but even with that, she still had secondary uh, temperaments. So, um, all right. So, now let's see. Oh, yes. Oh, but, but as we study these, just to make it easier, uh, we're going to do just like a 60-40 blend on these, uh, which not everybody's a 60-40 blend. I talk about myself being predominantly uh, sanguine, but then secondarily phlegmatic. I feel like that phlegmatic is really close. Uh, maybe I'm 60-40, uh, but I think, I think uh, at least that. Uh, but that's kind of how we're going to examine these. So again, these may not fit precisely, but it might, these blends might help you further identify uh, who it is and how God made you, your strengths, weaknesses, and one of my favorite things is when you find Bible characters that convey some of these same qualities because, you know, we, it's easy to want to not be you. It's easy. The grass is always green on the other side. That's uh, a major cliche, but boy, it's so true. It's so easy to look at somebody else and say, man, I wished I was more like them and less like me, at least in many of these areas. Anybody ever feel like that? Am I the only one? I don't think it's just me that says, man, I wish I could be more like that. Um, but, uh, but, but, the, but God made me who I am. And so what I need to do is say, okay, Lord, this is the way you made me. Help me to be all that I can be for your glory and honor. So uh, without any further delay, we'll get in and start talking about the first blend. We're going to start with the sanguine again. And as I told you, my phlegmatic son loves to point out that, Dad, you always start with that one. But literally, the studies that I do uh, start in the, generally in the same order. All the, the different references and so forth I've been using in the studies. But we're going to start with the sanguine blends. And again, if you remember the sanguine, tell me some of the things that marks a sanguine personality. Outgoing, yeah, very outgoing. So that means they're an extrovert. What's some of the other things? Center of attention, loves to be the center of attention. Um, and again, if you're having trouble thinking of some, just think about my sister-in-law for a moment and just start saying things about her and you'll describe uh, the sanguine temperament. Uh, they, they enter the room mouth first. That's always one of the things uh, that's said about sanguines. They they're, they're very much in the moment very much in the moment. Uh, there's not a lot of, uh, there, there's a, there, again, there's strength and weaknesses, but they don't get, they're not too caught up on what happened yesterday, um, and they're not concentrating too much about what's going to happen tomorrow. What about right now? And again, we can think about strengths and weaknesses along those ways, but it's an outgoing personality. It's a likable personality. Um, you know, I, I, I think about, I, 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 this is kind of embarrassing to say, um, but I'll tell it anyway because it's funny. I suppose it depends on your perspective. But, uh, you know, at, at, at work at Polaris, we have reviews uh, like uh, many of you do on your jobs. We have reviews 
uh, from time to time, I think a couple times a year. And uh, my, listen, I always get really good reviews. My reviews are really good uh, as far as uh, my, my work, my knowing my job, uh, being able to do anything. Uh, there's a couple things. So it's almost, my, my review is almost the exact same every time, really, um, which is good and bad, but it's mostly good. Um, yeah, but one of the things I always say, people like to work with you. You're a good team player. Uh, you know, those are some of the more positive things. Uh, there was a time that you've got a few tardies uh, and blah, 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 because, again, that's a sanguine tendency, but, but, but God's helped me with that. I haven't had a tardy in, in a very long time. Uh, but I, I, you, the way I used to run, because this is the way a sanguine run, because a sanguine is late, the way I used to go is that it would be right up... Uh, I would get, you know, you get so many lates before you get an occurrence or whatever, and I'd always work right up to that uh, time when you're going to have an occurrence, and then I would straighten myself out, and I always ask, how long before those start coming off? Uh, oh, two months, and you have three of those that come off. Okay, good. Woo. Uh, I can be late three more times. I mean, isn't that a crazy way to think? Uh, and Because some of you are sitting there like, how could you do that? Why not just leave early and all that? Because leaving early is not fun, <laughs> and it's boring when you get there. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, you say, well, I'm going to get my equipment ready, and I'm going to get, uh, you know, stuff lined up, and I'm going to, no, I'm doing that on the clock. I'm getting paid to do that. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, anyway, sorry. I, that, one of the things used to be, but by God's grace, uh, the Lord helped me with that, but again, that's the same quality, been late. But the other thing is, they, it, it humors me because I always find out, how are they going to try to phrase that I talk too much? How are they going to, because it's always like, likes to visit, needs to spend less time catching up. Uh, there's always a different way that it's phrased. Uh, and every time I'm telling you, I hate it. Every time I'm like, come on, man. Uh, and again, honestly, uh, the Lord's helped me with that too. But I tell you, and I believe my sister-in-law might, would uh, uh, con confirm this if she were here. But uh, I'm telling you, and I wish that my supervisors would see this sometimes. How many times I am on doing what I'm supposed to do and people that don't belong there are over here talking to me? Okay? Now, I'm, I'm serious. It's like, I, I wish they would just, can you see the situation here? But now I know what you're thinking because it's true. But I'm just like, I don't know how to say, hey, I don't want to talk to you right now. Because I don't want to hurt their feelings, and, and I do want to visit, and I do want to talk, but it's like, uh, and, and I, may keep, I, I may be trying to convey body language, like, hey, I'm trying to work here, but overall, I'm like, I don't know how to say, hey, this, we're, not, uh, we're not here to talk, we're here to work. That's what Bud would tell him, probably, right? Uh, what, what are you doing? We, we can visit on break, uh, whatever. But right now, you know, but, but for me, it's just, uh, so that's, that's always, every, I've never had a review yet. I'm ashamed to say that, but I've never had a review yet to where uh, that wasn't on there. So pray for me. I'm ashamed of that. I am. And every time I hear it, my, my head just drops on us. I'm trying to do better, and I do better. All right. Uh, sorry. Uh, as a sanguine, I can talk about myself sometimes. Having a... Cleric melancholy, wife, it drives her crazy. Quit talking about yourself so much. Quit. You're talking about you, you're talking about me, but I'm just trying to make things relatable as well. But it's just those funny uh, things. Anyway, sa uh, sanguine, sanguine, outgoing. Okay. But the first one we're going to look at is the sanguine choleric. Now, the choleric, what's some of the marks of a choleric? His way of the highway. His way of the highway. 
Um, Peter, Peter was a good one. Uh, did you say Peter? Leader. Okay. That's awkward. Uh, a leader. Uh, they are leaders. Uh, they're also extroverted. Uh, you, you generally don't have to ask a sanguine or a choleric what they're thinking. The only difference is what a sanguine's thinking um, usually is not going to be quite as offensive maybe as what a choleric possibly may be thinking. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but either way, it's not necessarily good or bad either way, but they're both very outgoing. They're both, they'll say what they're thinking. They, they're, uh, but, but a choleric uh, is blunt, bold. Uh, that's right. They, they, see, generally, again, and that's the thing that with, with these temperaments, there's some relational and some more organizational. So, you know, if, if we're here at church trying to get a job done, uh, a sanguine may be outgoing, and just like I said, uh, and I have the toughest time with this, believe me, I don't always want to stand around and talk, I, especially when there's work to be done, and I've got a family I want to, I like being around my family, by the way, I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, I'm one of these guys that want to be around my family, uh, and some guys just don't seem to be like that, so I get around some guys, and I'm just like, dude, we got to get this done, I, gotta get, I, I want to spend time with you, I want to do this, don't get me wrong, but let's get this accomplished, but but for the most part, uh, I'll probably sit around and visit some, and I'm fine with that, believe me. That's a part of working at the church, especially, is fellowship, right? Uh, we understand that. But again, as a sanguine, I really understand that. I really understand it's relational. Uh, so I'm just like, well, this needs to get done, but this person right now, and especially their feelings right now, because I don't know how to tell them that, that we don't have much time to get this. What if it hurts their feelings? So instead of that, I'll probably just talk to them. Uh, but... So, so that's more relational. Organizational, so to speak, is this. A cleric, they love the person, they care about the person, but they're like, um, I didn't know this was going to be a fellowship. I thought we were here to work. Let's get something done. You know, and, and it's, it's not that they don't care necessarily. A, a weakness can be that they don't care about feelings, but as a general rule, it's just like that's not what's important right now. We did not gather here today to figure out uh, whose feelings can be spared. We gathered here today to accomplish something. Let's get it done. So they're very task-driven. Um, and remember, always remember this about temperaments, and I think you can see this even, even with yourself. There's nothing too deep about this, but we often interpret people, uh, we often interpret other people by the way we look at the world. So we don't understand. So, so for, for me, for instance, when I see a choleric person that is blunt and even if it crosses the line into being rude I'm like petrified because I'm like if those words ever came out of my mouth I would have to be so angry I would have to be so uh, you know just almost full full of for me to say it the state I'd have to be in to say what they just said would be a t I'd be in a terrible place terrible place so I just think wow they must be in a terrible place. They're, they, you know, they, how is that in them? But th th that's, that's not how they mean it. Again, they're not just out trying to hurt people. They're out trying to do something for God up here at church on Saturday, and we're trying to get something done. Let's get it done. You know, uh, what are we doing here? And so it's, it, we, we interpret people by ourselves, and the choleric can be the same way. They're sitting there thinking, how's it hurt your feelings? And, you know, why? Because they generally don't get their feelings hurt. 
uh, they generally don't get their feelings hurt. They're generally not offended and so forth. Therefore, they don't get how people are offended all the time. They don't get it. They don't understand it. Why are you upset about? I just told you the truth. What are you upset about? I was just trying to get this thing done. And so always remember that about the other temperaments. In other words, I'm trying to encourage you right now to give one another the benefit of the doubt. For us to give one another the benefit of the doubt, to understand that even though our ways may drive the other one crazy, one of the benefits of this study is understanding that there is another side to it and that, that, that the, the, way they are, the reason they are the way that they are is because God made them that way. They just don't think like you. They don't. They don't feel like you. They don't see things like you. It really doesn't make them a bad person. Uh, it doesn't make them a worthless person. It doesn't make them an evil person. Whichever side of the spectrum you're on, they're just different. And you've got to understand that not to always try to interpret them by your experience, by the way you feel. This wouldn't hurt my feelings. Why should it hurt their feelings? You know, but then you say, well, you know what? It, I, I don't understand why it hurts their feelings, but apparently it does, so maybe I won't say that. Maybe I'll try to rephrase that. Maybe I'll try to, uh, you know, uh, approach it a little bit differently. So sanguine choleric, I said we're going to be knocking these out, and then here I go talking. Uh, but the sanguine choleric, so uh, the, the, the sanguine, uh, again, more people-oriented. The choleric, task-oriented. Uh, the, the, both of them, talkers, both of them want to dominate the conversation. Both of these, if these are people that are standing in a circle talking, they're trying to out-talk one another. They're trying, to, they're trying to get their statement in within the last few words of the other person's. They'll interrupt the last little bit so they can make sure they get in before either that person starts talking again or before somebody else jumps in. They're, they're, they talk a lot. Um, but it's a pretty, it's, it can be a very powerful blend. Um, so the happy charisma of the sanguine makes this person people-oriented, enthusiastic sales type, but the choleric nature will provide the resolution and character traits necessary to fashion a person more organized and productive than the pure sanguine because organization and productivity don't always fall into the sanguine temperament. Uh, vocationally, sanclors, a sanguine choleric, uh, often start out in sales or promotion and end up as corporate sales managers. Almost any people-oriented field is open to them, but to sustain their interest, a job must offer variety, activity, and excitement. Um, uh, uh, sanguine cholerics are almost always sports enthusiasts because they like the excitement. They like the competition. They like the, uh, you know, they may like the physicality of, of a certain thing. And so that's uh, often something. Ordinarily, these individuals are financially successful if properly trained and motivated uh, and loved by their families and not controlled by their weaknesses. Uh, the potential weaknesses of a sanguine choleric are usually apparent. Customarily, they talk too much, spilling out words before they know all the facts. Uh, no one has more mouth trouble than a sanguine choleric. I have, I have mouth trouble as a sanguine, but when you're a sanguine choleric, again, it's doubled because you, 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 you just say it. Uh, whether it's the right time to say it, I mean, a, a good verse for you if you're a sanguine or a choleric is that a word spoken in due season, amen, in the book of Proverbs. Learning to speak, and another one, study to be quiet. 
Uh, another one that I've tried to learn uh, a lot through the years is that uh, uh, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a fool is known by his much speaking. A fool is known by his much speaking. That's a powerful proverb. Uh, and that reminds me of another proverb. Who, who was it that said that, uh, I think it may have been uh, Mark Twain. There's so many Mark Twain references, but, uh, but Mark Twain who said, I'd rather, uh, what is it? I'd rather be, uh, stay silent and people think that I'm a fool than speak up and then to remove all doubt. Thank you. Remove all doubt. I'd rather be silent and people think I was a fool than rather to open my mouth and to remove all doubt. Um, and I know I've been in that uh, place many times in my life. So anyway, but again, sanguine choleric, that together, they talk too much. Uh, another thing about a sanguine choleric, um, a same choleric, they have giant egos. Giant egos. And, and the, both can be egotistical. A sanguine comes off super confident, but they're act, sometimes sanguine is actually making up for a lot of insecurity. Uh, a cleric, on the other hand, they just are super confident. Uh, and so combined, these two, you get somebody that just flat out is super confident and sometimes can have giant egos, uh, and they can dominate their conversations, that they often destroy the good first impression they make and do not wear well, so to speak. In other words, uh, they can be very, uh, they, they can be a lot. They can be a lot to deal with, like, whew. Man, so much energy, so many words, so much drive. Uh, you can be left, especially if you're a more of an introverted personality, you can really left, be left exhausted after an encounter with a sanguine, choleric personality. Um, let's see, if, if they sense that people resist them, they may come on even stronger and make matters worse. Uh, if they are the life of the party, they are lovable. But if they feel threatened or insecure, they can become obnoxious. In other words, they can uh, um, try to dominate because they because the, the the cleric part wants to be in control, the sanguine part wants to be uh, have the attention. And so, if there's somebody else that's dominating things, they'll find a way to come in there, even if it's destroying everything. At least they got their way. Uh, sanguine cleric. Uh, now, you know, on, that's on the negative side, but if they, uh, th their leading emotional problem is anger, which can capitulate or uh, catapult them, I'm sorry, them into action at the slightest provocation. You don't have to do much to get a sanguine choleric ready, and we're going to study later the choleric sanguine, I mean, and it's just a slightly different emphasis, but uh, again, it doesn't take much to, to make them angry. If, you think, if they think you're, you're insulting them, if they think uh, you're uh, not doing what you ought to do, anger is a major issue, can be a major issue for saying with clerics. Uh, saying chlorus can be complimentary when it suits their purpose, but cross them and they may cut you down to smaller than life size. Uh, they combine the easy forgetfulness of the sanguine and the end justifies the means mindset of the choleric. They may, they may not have a very active conscience and tend to justify their actions. Uh, Melanie mentioned Peter earlier, and she was right on track. Uh, and I think that may have been why, I know you didn't, uh, but that may have been why I thought she had said Peter, uh, besides the fact that she was in my bad ear. Anybody got a bad ear? Somebody, anybody got two bad ears? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Simon Peter, 
He was the self-appointed leader of the twelve apostles. Now, you see many of his sanguine characteristics, uh, but you see his choleric ones as well. Now, Peter is a pretty classic sanguine choleric. You see his sanguine tendencies in his inconsistencies. Remember, a choleric generally is not very inconsistent, uh, but you see that in some of his inconsistencies, uh, but you see on the leadership side especially uh, his, in his drive uh, to reach people with the gospel especially uh, and to, to do a great thing for God on the choleric side. Uh, he was, uh, I, I don't know why we're getting the weaknesses of these. I'm just going through my notes today um, and I'm trying to switch. I'm having trouble with my desktop. It's just slowing down and acting weird. Uh, so I'm trying to use this iPad more. And uh, anybody know there's a difference between the two? And man, this has been a pain for me. So anyway, my notes aren't uh, quite what I want them to be today. But uh, anyway, uh, all right, sanguine choleric. So with, uh, with Peter, he was, we know that he was egotistical. It always had to be about him. He was weak-willed. Uh, he was uh, carnal throughout the Gospels uh, for the most part. But in the book of Acts, he was a remarkably transformed man, resolute, effective, and productive. Uh, what made the difference with him was that he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So this made these, that, these things that were weaknesses great strengths. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a few sanguine choleric preachers that you may know that we've had around here. But I think, uh, I think Brother James Ruckman, for those of you that know him, he's a sanguine choleric personality. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've always, if there's ever, just being honest, if one of the more enviable um, uh, temperaments from my standpoint has been this blend of sanguine choleric or choleric sanguine. Uh, and, and believe me, God's helped me to accept and embrace who he has made me. But, man, they just got, they got charisma, they got drive, they've got such confidence. Uh, they, 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 they drive ministries, they start new ministries. Uh, because remember, the cleric, the cleric doesn't see failure. The cleric doesn't see anything going wrong. The cleric does not think that anything that they're thinking of could fail because they thought of it and they're doing it. So how could it possibly go wrong? Uh, I mean, you know, so, so they've got this confidence along with this charisma. They got that sanguine love for people, but then they've got that cleric drive and leadership that, that makes, remember, one of the things about clerics, many people admire clerics. They might not even like the cleric very well, but they admire them because they have such a strong will. Uh, they have such a drive. They have such a determination. They're the, they're the coach. They're the, they're the, the team captain. They're the boss that, that people uh, admire greatly. They're, they're often successful people. Now, you may look at them sometimes on the, weak, on the negative side, maybe in their personal lives or some of the things like that. Again, in relation to people, there may be struggles. But, but again, the sanguine choleric is one that I've often thought. Uh, but at the same time, man, you get the sanguine choleric, the choleric sanguine. Uh, you ever heard a really, really arrogant preacher? You ever heard a preacher that's just so arrogant? Like, man, it's a great message and he's doing a great work, but it almost makes you sick to your stomach how arrogant the guy is. He's doing a great job preaching. That's usually probably not on this blend, but that's probably a choleric sanguine. Uh, a choleric sanguine. He's that arrogant guy. He's that guy. If he's, if he's choleric while he's preaching, one thing you can mark down, he's the guy 
that he could be talking about flyers. I appreciate Jen making these flyers. But just say, for instance, he was four colored flyers, two colored flyers. Well, that's a bunch more than that. Just say that he was for this four-color flyer, but there was other churches doing two-color flyers. Flyers. I think I say flowers and flyers almost the same way. Just realize that. Anyway, uh, but, but, but the thing is, if, if he thinks this is the right way to do it, you may not be right with God if you just do the two-color flyers. I mean, in other words, like he makes everything black and white. He's the guy that doesn't, he doesn't even know what gray is. He didn't know that existed. What are you talking about gray? It's all black and white. You know, well, I like wearing a white shirt. Uh, you know, I like wearing different color shirts. It's only a white shirt. He's the preacher that you're just like, how's he thinking this is so wrong? Uh, he's that pastor that, or preacher that you're like, man, that's the choleric side. But then when the sang sanguine choleric, but I'd say especially on the other side, a choleric sanguine, that can, be more, that can usually be one of the more arrogant preachers that struggle. Uh, either they are arrogant or they come across as arrogant. Okay, that's the sanguine choleric. Let me try to uh, move on here uh, to the sanguine melancholy. Uh, sanguine melancholy. Now, uh, we already talked about the sanguine enough. Uh, melancholies. What's some of the good things or some of the things, good or bad? I say good things because if you say bad things about the melancholies out of all the temperaments, they're going to be the ones that probably get hurt by the most. Uh, but what are some of the things that we know about a melancholy temperament? Very sensitive. Uh, very highly emotional. Very emotionally uh, driven. Now, not emotional as far as uh, you think of the sanguine being happy and up and down, but just, but just they can be, they, they really wear their emotions on their sleeve. They're very deep feeling. Uh, um, anything else about a mel melancholy temperament? Very perfectionist. Uh, you can be, uh, you know, you, you can be uh, perfectionist. Uh, you think things are done, right, what, done the right way. Uh, what's another one, uh, Melancholy. Artistic, very good, very artistic, um, very disciplined, very laid back, uh, very intelligent. That's a general mark of a melancholy person. Doesn't mean that everybody with melancholy temperament is necessarily uh, intelligent, but there's definitely uh, among the temperaments, the higher IQs are on the melancholy side. Um, and I could, I could tell, and, and you, you know, sometimes I don't mind embarrassing people, but I, I think of someone I know, and I don't want to call their names, but as, as a teenager, even as a young teenager, they're reading their dad's uh, engineering books that are brought home from, uh, maybe I'm not saying that the right way, but they're learning about engineering because, ooh, there's a book. I think I'll read it. I think I'll take time. I think I'll learn these details and learn this information and so forth, uh, you know, to where, where a sanguine Probably a choleric. Uh, phlegmatic could do that as well, but especially the same when a choleric's like, dude, what? You know, let's, let, we got to go out and do something, you know, whatever. But, but the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, is that they, 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 because of the detail, because of this uh, interest in, in the way things work and, uh, and learning. Uh, so a sanguine melancholy. Anything else on the melancholy before I get in? Okay. Uh, sanguine melancholies are highly emotional people who fluctuate drastically. Now, again, remember sanguine because they're already that outgoing, uh, kind of up, usually up uh, type of person. But so uh, the sanguine melancholies, sanguine melancholies are highly emotional people 
They can laugh hysterically one minute and burst into tears the next. It is most impossible, or it's almost impossible for them to hear a sad tale, observe the tragic plight of another person, or listen to sad music without weeping profusely. They genuinely feel the griefs of others. Now, because sanguines care about people, um, but the thing about a sanguine is the sanguine can be so much in the moment, they genuinely care about you, but when you're gone, they care just as much about the next person. You know, that everybody is awesome to the sanguine, but it's especially in the moment. But a melancholy person, it is, uh, they, they latch on and, and they, they continue, because they continue to think about you later, think about your needs. And so they're very, very caring people. Uh, they, they really feel the grief of others. And so a sanguine melancholy, a sanguine melancholy doctor. Now, there is a lot of melancholy doctors. A sanguine melancholy doctor, this is the doctor that you've had that's had the best bedside manner. He's the one that comes in, he's friendly, he's interested, he's sympathetic, he wants to talk with you, he may even tell a joke. He, he, he's sanguine, his is primary, so how's he coming through? He comes in the room with a smile and, and just sets you at ease. Uh, and he's melancholy, so he deeply cares uh, about you and your needs. Uh, so a, a sanguine melancholy doctor uh, or, uh, or a professor or a preacher, for instance, will be very popular. Sanguine melancholies should always work with people. Uh, being admired by others is so important to them that it tends to drive them to a consistent level of performance. Uh, and again, a sanguine wants to make people happy. Uh, a melancholy wants to be appreciated but will never ask for it and will oftentimes as I mentioned before, be embarrassed if you give them the attention or the spotlight. But remember, the sanguine choleric or the sanguine melancholy wouldn't be that way. They would enjoy uh, the spotlight because of the sanguine side, and as a melancholy, they're wanting the, uh, the the appreciation and the admiration. They might consider public speaking, acting, music, and the fine arts. Uh, of all sanguine public speakers, uh, sanguine melancholies will be most accurate in the use of facts and statistics. Uh, sanguine melancholy preachers. Michael, uh, is, he says that he's sanguine melancholy. Uh, and as a melancholy, he hates that. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, because uh, again, one of the things about melancholy, melancholy can be really, really, since they're a perfectionist, they can be really hard on themselves as well as sometimes really hard on others. But uh, uh, Sand males reflect an un uninhibited perfectionism that often alienates them because they verbalize their criticisms. Melancholy might not always verbalize their criticisms because they're not necessarily the first to speak up. But if they're saying when they're going to talk a lot, if they're melancholy, they're going to be critical uh, or they're going to be, be willing to speak. And so they may ver verbalize criticisms. They're usually people-oriented individuals who have sufficient substance to make a contribution to others. If their egos and arrogance don't make them so obnoxious that uh, others become hostile. Because another um, weakness of a melancholy is that since they do, see, they do see their own faults, they see the faults of others, but they can sometimes think, think of themselves to be a little bit better than the next guy uh, on, the weak, on the weakness side of things. Since sanguines and melancholies are both dreamers, one of the crucial weaknesses of this temperament blend prevails in the person's thought lives. Since they are mentally creative, they can mull over insults or injuries until they are down on themselves. Both of these temperaments suffer from insecurity. 
being afraid to reach toward their potential, and, and being afraid to reach toward their potential. In addition, sin males uh, can have a problem with anger, but they have the great ability to commune with God. We saw Peter was a good example of a sanguine choleric. King David seems to be a good example of a sanguine melancholy. He was an extremely likable man who attracted both men and women with his charisma. He was colorful, dramatic, and emotional. So if you think about uh, a biblical character, David was sanguine, melancholy. He was a musical, a musician, and a poet. Remember when we say art, that not only means drawing, painting, uh, pictures, photography, but it means music and acting as well, the liberal arts. Uh, but, so, but so David was a, a writer, he was a singer, he was a musician, um, and he made many decisions on impulse. Um, unfortunately, like many sanguine melancholies, um, he fouled up his life by a series of disastrous and costly mistakes before he gained self-discipline. Uh, not all sand males are able to pick up the pieces of their lives and start over as David did. Weakness of will almost did him in. It is far better for san sanguine, sanguine melancholies to walk in the Spirit on a consistent and daily basis to avoid such mistakes. Because again, uh, just uh, the way it works out there. Then the last one we're going to look at this morning is the sanguine phlegmatic, uh, which is mine. And some Melanie's like, great. Uh, the easiest person to be, or the easiest person to like, I did not write this, okay? I just got to say that right now. The easiest person to like is a san sanguine phlegmatic. The overpowering and often obnoxious tendencies of a sanguine are offset by the gracious, easygoing phlegmatic. S uh, sang san sanguine phlegmatics are happy-go-lucky people whose carefree spirit and good humor make them light-hearted entertainers. Helping people is their regular business, along with various forms of sales. The least extrovertish of the sanguines, um, uh, they often react to their environment and circumstances rather than being proactive and self-motivated. Uh, sanguine phlegmatics are usually good to their families, lavish their spouses and children with lots of love, Unfortunately, unless restricted by strong moral convictions, they may extend that love to everyone else. I am, uh, I just got to state for the record uh, that, uh, where is that statement at? I have been restricted by moral convictions, amen? Uh, but that's one of the things about uh, sanguine phlegmatic. Um, but, but there's a, remember the thing about a phlegmatic and a sanguine both, they both can have a, a people-pleasing side of them. They want to make people happy. They want to make people feel good. And, uh, and that's why, uh, and, and Melanie's making me nervous over there, but anyway, uh, that's why, like, I would sit down, I've told this for so I won't spend much time with this, but that's why that Melanie has often accused me of flirting with other women while she is with me. Why? Because I think, I have to admit that from, from her perspective, and maybe from their perspective, she is right. Now, that's not my motivation, but I'm telling you, I had to cut it out, and by God's grace, I have cut it out. I, uh, why? Because I'm complimentary. Why? I want to make you feel good. 
I want to make you smile. I want to make you feel loved. And you're sitting there like, that's not good. But, but from what I'm saying, it is. So I see, see, see a lady, oh, how are you today? You know, blah, 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 and how's this? And boy, your hair looks lovely, and boy, you smell nice, and, and I like that outfit, and, and Bud's back there laughing. And, 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 you know, and just being nice. That's, see, to me, Ralph, uh, I'm just being nice. Uh, and then, then she walks away, and Melanie's like, why are you flirting with that girl? And I'm like, I wasn't flirting. Um, but you know what? I started realizing that how it come across like I was. Uh, and maybe there's a part of me that really was. Not in a sense. <laughs> no, no, listen. I know. I'm on video. What I'm saying is, is I want to make her feel happy. I want to make her feel good. I'm not trying to take it any further than that, okay? I uh, promise. But it's just, I'm saying from that perspective. That's probably what the definition of flirting is. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. But, and, and so therefore, uh, that's why I've had to have conversations with other people like me uh, to say, brother, cut it out. You just can't be that affectionate and, and, and complimentary toward women. It comes off wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, by God's grace, uh, I, that's something that, that the Lord's really helped me. Okay, all right. Talking about me again. Um, Okay, so uh, Sanguine Phlegmatic's greatest weakness is their lack of motivation and self-discipline. Ah, I hate reading this. Uh, they would rather socialize than work, and they tend to take life too casually. Uh, their employers often have mixed emotions about them, <laughs> enjoying their presence but wishing they would be more industrious. One, as one executive remarked, he's the nicest guy I ever had to fire. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I could tell more stories about me amen do you want to hear more about me Melanie okay well go on to the, the, the we got to close out uh, I was thinking about me in school I could tell you about me in school it's hilarious uh, sanguine phlegmatics, uh, phlegmatics rarely get upset and tend to find the bright side of everything uh, they are the people most likely to walk into the house with a smile and say look at this pink slip I got fired today <laughs> they have an endless repertoire of jokes and delight in making others laugh, uh, often when, they, uh, when the occasion calls for the serious, for seriousness. Man, that's just hilarious because this is this. I'm talking about we, but not even trying to talk about me. Uh, when Christ becomes the chief object of their love, they are transformed more resolute, purposeful, and productive persons. If you think I'm bad now, you have no idea what God's done to, to help me. I'm telling you. The first century evangelist Apollos is about as close as we can come to a New Testament example of the sanguiflomatic, a skilled orator who succeeded Paul and other church planners. He stirred those churches with his spirit-filled preaching and teaching. Loved by all, followed, de followed devotedly by some, this pleasant and dedicated man apparently traveled a great deal but did not did not found new works. Little more is known of him, but he seems to be a good example of a uh, sanguine phlegmatic. So those are the blends of the sanguine. Any questions or comments before we got to close?